Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Talking today about change and transition after loss, and our second guest is Ariane de Bonvoisin. Ariane de Bonvoisin is the author of The First 30 Days and founder of First30Days.com, a website that helps people transition through dozens of changes. Ariane will introduce us to nine principles to help us develop an optimistic mindset toward change and encourage us to see that life is on our side. Welcome to the show, Ariane. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Uh, it's great to have you on, Ariane. I, I think your book is so interesting. I love this mm-hmm. idea of this, uh, that the first 30 days are the hardest. Isn't that kind of the take on it? It is very much. It's in the first 30 days that all the emotions show up, all the questions uh, decisions that we need to make. So it's really a metaphor for how is it to set some of that in the right way in more of a positive frame because that will certainly have an, an effect and an influence on the next three months, six months, 12 months. You know, um, in your book, The First 30 Days, um, I'm interested on uh, it says when life challenges your strongest beliefs. And in this, Ariane goes and talks about some of the beliefs that we have, like if I'm skinny, I must, um, I must be healthy. My kids will definitely go to college. Divorce is not an option. Some of the beliefs that we have, well, we know our audience out there, their belief was, I will never lose a child. I will never lose a spouse. I, you know, I'll be the one, you know, we will or, die or in good, birth or order. Good. One thing is uh, bad things don't happen to good people. Yeah, right. So we have, we have these beliefs and, it challenges those beliefs, doesn't it, Ariane? It does. You know, with, with the book, what I did was I interviewed a few thousand people through all different types of changes, the, the, the hardest ones that we go through, like grieving the loss of a loved one, um, to some more positive changes that we all hope to make one day or we, we all aspire to. And what I found was that over and over there are things that make people good at change. There are things that will make someone deal with a change better than someone else. And it was fascinating that there, there really were principles that we'll go through on the show that can make someone develop what I call more of their change muscle, which we certainly all have, and that can make them really see themselves more as a change optimist and someone who will look for the positive. Now, the very first principle that, that was very, very evident was that people who are good at change have optimistic beliefs and that your beliefs about yourself how you see yourself, your beliefs about life, your beliefs about God if you have some, and your beliefs about a certain type of change, whether it's a loss, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a, a job change, certainly have an enormous impact on how you navigate through it. And so if, if we have certain beliefs that we'll never get over this or um, we don't have any hope, which a lot of our audience are feeling that in the first place, working on our belief systems, Maybe the first place we need to start. Yes, yeah, I would say take a piece of paper and and write down what is it that I believe right now. I will never feel happy again. I will never meet someone else again. I will never be able to laugh again. And just write write those down and get them out and look at well, what is possible other than that belief that really keeps you stuck in place. You know, when when some of those beliefs are challenged, what's really going on is. It's challenging more of an internal frame of reference. It's your identity that's changed, much more than 
something external might have changed, but how you view yourself has also very much changed. And that's often Especially for our audience because, you know, their identity is on such a drastic change if they've lost children or siblings. All of a sudden I'm a bereaved parent or I'm no longer a parent. Or I'm no longer a spouse. Exactly. Right. And those internal changes are often much harder. And it's sort of looking at, well, what is it that you can be, you know, for someone else? So look at how it is that you're showing up in the world. And, you know, one of the things that really came through is people who are good at change, they find another way to help someone else. I think that's a, that's a good point. Heidi and I often talk about, uh, and we have people, on, a lot of people on the show who start to move out of into different areas when they start helping other people, even going to a Compassionate Friends meeting and make, taking a cookie, you know, taking cookies for the group. Yeah. Very small reaching out. And just being being a an inspiration for, for someone else, even if it's a small little thing that you can be doing, mm-hmm. there's such a, you know, we're all so connected, and when we feel connected again to someone else and when you feel useful, when it's important for you to show up for someone or something, you start feeling as if you're back in life in some ways. Yeah. One of the things that our audience who are newly briefed out there, we want you to know that we know that, Right now, you're just trying to show up for yourself, and and that's the important first start. And I love the, these principles, and this is a wonderful book on the first 30 days because when you're ready, and we know some of you aren't quite ready yet to start making moves out a little, um, then you'll, the show will be archived. You'll be able to get uh, the book, and uh, you'll be ready to do that. I wanted to ask you, in Chapter 5, you talk about resisting change is not the answer. I think that's important for our audience because um, when you have a loss, the change has happened. Can you talk about getting yourself over resisting it? Because it's happened and it, it, it's definite. Absolutely. And it's what I call really the gift of acceptance. So imagine really the best way is to look at a metaphor of life being a river. And, you know, we are, are going down a river and then life throws us something as difficult as a loss or a death. And what we typically do is one of two things we desperately try and row back upstream. We want mm-hmm. that person back. We want that situation back. Or we just cling to the rock. And it's both of those two things that create so much pain, which is trying to row back upstream and back into a life that was, or clinging on to you know, anything that keeps yourself sort of safe and stable, instead of really sort of letting go of the oars and just sort of accepting that this river is going to keep moving forward and that there are things downstream and that there are their life is going to eventually start feeling stable again and, and you will find a way of, of finding, you know, your breath through all of this when that river is so choppy. So I interviewed people who had, you know, lost loved ones in 9-11 and just some, some very traumatic stories, as really all losses, and there was a moment where they accepted it. There was a moment where it just was. And that's where they found their peace and that's where they found their, their relief. And choosing gradually sort of not to suffer because the resistance equals the suffering. You know, sadness is much better than suffering. Yes. Um, suffering really brings with it what I call all the change demons which get in the way of actually moving through it, you know, guilt being one of them. I like that, the change demons. You might write down on a piece of paper, my change demons. Yeah. And also also the concept of choosing gradually not to suffer because it is a choice. It is a choice. To a certain extent. Choosing to 
choosing not to deny any feelings. That is very important, too. You know, they're not good, they're not bad, they're just feelings. Right. There's an Indian sage that I, I interviewed who said, you know, the best way to grieve is to grieve. And that means not resisting the feelings, letting them move through you. He said, you know, there is no grief that cannot be gotten through if you sit in the middle of that grief and feel all of it entirely, completely for, you know, several days of just sort of allowing those feelings to be. But, you know, forgetting, I loved what Audrey said as well earlier, which is, you know, to stop the guilt, to not become obsessed with the need to know why something happened. And to change really that question, this is another one of the principles of people who are good at change have a very different questions that are going on in their internal dialogue. How can I celebrate what this person was? What could I do with this? Who else could I, could I help? Could I contribute to a cause? Could I start a charity? Could I, could I do something with what happened, really an honor and celebration? And, and making a meaning. I noticed you quote Byron Katie in the book, and because I always like this quote. By, Byron's a friend of ours and has been on our show. She says, Byron always says this, when you argue with reality, you lose only 100% of the time. Yeah. So the reality is, for us, our children have died, our spouses have died, and, and, and what do we do with this? If we deny it, we suffer. Yes. Yeah. But the beginning of it is denial on a natural process because... Uh, it takes time to really, um, when you've had a profound loss, it takes time to integrate that into the mind. I think the mind protects us in a way. So, as, you know, we need to know these principles, but we also need to be kind to ourselves and realize that some of the things that we're talking about right now may not happen to you for a year or two. Yeah. And I think as well what's important when you say a lot of this is happening in the mind, what we have to do in any small way possible is to really take care of our bodies because it's through our bodies that we're processing emotions. It's through our bodies that a lot of psychic energy, intellectual energy, mental energy, all that stuff is trying to flow through our physical bodies. And so anything you can do to, to take care of that, whether it's drinking a little bit more water, whether it's having a cup of tea, whether it's doing things that are gentle on the body, in addition to being gentle on yourself and what you tell yourself, is really just start with something small, going out for a walk, anything that can move that emotional energy through you know, the body. Even stretching changes, really changes your energy, even if it's only for five minutes. Yeah, just bringing your arms up and down and breathing while you do it every day can be an amazing thing. Yes. So I'm glad you, you brought up that point because having a profound loss is a physical assault on the body. I mean, we actually have, you know, all this adrenaline flowing, all these things that happen right. that it really assaults our body. Right. You know what, you know what the one thing I really, I mean, I like so much about your website and your company because it's so positive. And one thing that you kind of, you say over and over is people are more resilient and stronger than they think. And to give yourself positive self-talk and realize you're going to survive this and get through it and you're resilient. You can do this. Absolutely, and it's what I mentioned a little bit earlier. We are born with an ability to go through change. We have what I have affectionately called a change muscle. And really to have people realize you're so much stronger than you think. You know, people who successfully get through any change, they're resilient, they're strong. They, they know that they, there is a part of them. They don't know where it comes from, but it will get activated when they most need it. 
I like that idea. Ariane's book is what a beautiful person you are, Ariane, to start with. <laughs> she has a gorgeous <laughs> picture is. on the first of her book. And uh, the book's called The First 30 Days, Your Guide to Any Change and Loving Your Life More. And I think you, you can get it on Amazon, right, Ariane? Absolutely. Anywhere that you can find books nowadays. Right. And also she has a wonderful, fabulous website, mm-hmm. The First 30 Days. Yes. You know, on, on the site we have 60 different life changes, including the first 30 days of losing a loved one. Wow. And it's really more of a metaphor. So if people are not in that first 30 days, it's more about how to cope, what helps, it's a very sort of optimistic, encouraging. There's just thousands of people in there who are answering questions, they're helping each other out, or sharing what's getting them through. We have expert interviews. We have things to listen to that just can get you through a low moment. Yeah, it's, it's a great site, and I think uh, it can be really helpful for you. Well, we were talking when we went to break about the change muscle, and I, I really like that. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? And then I want to go to meet your spiritual side that you have in your book, because I think that's important for uh, people also. So the change muscle is something that we all have within us, and it's very often activated at the hardest moments in our lives. There's a, a beautiful quote that says, you know, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences, and very often the harder experiences, they are who you are as a person. That change muscle is a part of you that is activated where you find courage and you find strength and you find faith and you find the ability to reach out to other people because, you know, you're never alone. And I think one of the worst things that we do as human beings is to keep thinking that we're alone. We're the only one going through this. No one else has ever felt this way. No one else has ever gone through these changes all at the same time. And the reality is that there's always someone who can close the gap. There's always someone that can hold our hand there's always someone who can listen. And the most important thing really is just to talk. To talk and to, talk. to look around for that person. Yep. Notice. Notice who's around. It might not be in the person or the, the, the thing that you imagine it might come to. Maybe it will be someone anonymous. who maybe somebody at your supermarket at the checkout counter. Who yep. knows? And it's someone who just creates a very safe space, who's not trying to fix you, and just is going to listen to all of it. And just... That person is out there, and if you haven't found them yet, I know that we have people on, on our website, but they really, are, they really are there. The change muscle remembers everything that you've been through in your life. The, the other changes that you've initiated, that you've gone through, so there's sort of a stacking effect. So you can call upon that part of yourself to you know, really show itself and just sort of go, I need, I need my change muscle now. I need to find that inner strength. Get yourself on your own side. Um, you know, one of the things that helps that change muscle, and that we mentioned it in the first part of the show, and it's one of the most simplest concepts, and sometimes it's too simple for people, but it's really where it all starts. It's what I call the seed of change, S-E-E-D. And the S stands for sleep. E stands for eating well. The other E stands for exercising or at least just moving things through, and D is for drinking water. And if we can just get started with that, that already puts you on a path of, of really being able to look at change differently. That is great. Well, could you talk about the wall of change? I really like that in your book. So the wall of change, I find very often we need to get out of our heads. We need to get out of the thinking mind. Thinking is what makes us so unhappy sometimes. And just to give us something to look at, something visual, something that is empowering. So... I have what I call a wall of change both in my office and at home 
with um, positive quotes, with images, with images of the ocean, with things that just make me feel good when I see them. With you know, there could be an image of nature or a puppy or two people holding hands, you know, and just a sort of loving embrace. Anything that this lovely card that someone might have told you. But I have an entire wall. I, if I need to be uplifted in any way, I just look at the wall and I let it sort of bathe over me. I love that idea. And what about meeting your spiritual side? So meeting your spiritual side, this was another one of the nine principles. People who are good at change know that there's something bigger going on. And it's not rational and it's not logical and it's not factual and it makes no sense, but there is something bigger going on. And it's not religious, it's more there's... There's an access to your intuition, your inner wisdom, and sort of really asking for a way of finding peace with what has happened. A lot of people will find it through prayer, through meditation. I think it's very important through this time to have silent time. And yes, it will be a slow month, and it might even just be a slow year. And sort of allowing yourself to reconnect with that inner side of you. A lot of the times when the change happens on the outside, what we need to do is come back to a place on the inside that doesn't change. Uh And we all have that part inside of us that doesn't change. And it's a little bit of an observer. It's that part that is calm and that is guided and does know what to do. But we need to really create the space to go find that part and give that part the microphone. Mm -hmm. I like that, give it the microphone. Mm -hmm. Well, what if I'm stuck in your, your nine, I think your ninth principle is get unstuck. That is. And, you know, it was interesting. A lot of people are like, when you're going through a change, most people are like, tell me what to do, tell me what to do, give me the actions. Well, and the problem is, let me say one thing. When you're going through change, I think that's part of the problem for us out there when we're newly briefed. We don't want it. We want to resist that. We're stuck in it. We don't even know we're going through it. Absolutely. And the the part about taking action that I would say is take action first and foremost for yourself. It's not for anything or anyone else, but I would say absolutely focus on your health. Write down what that seed is, sleeping, eating, exercising, even slightly, and drinking more water. And just focus on the little things. What is it that you can get through and get done today? Helping someone else um, always makes you feel as if you're you're. You're valued. It's important. It's important for you to get out of bed because someone needs you, someone's waiting for you, someone cares about you actually showing up. Um, I think making a wall of change is a lovely action, going through maybe some magazines and just sort of find some things that just make your heart feel a little bit better. Um, You know, I like the idea of going through magazines because sometimes people go through their picture books of the past or whatever and just go through something that's totally irrelevant to you, I mean, something that totally doesn't really have that much to do with you. You know, another action that that I've done as well when I have lost um, some loved ones around me is to really look for signs and to just Mm -hmm. walk around with antenna on your head, whether you believe this or not, and look for signs that your loved ones are trying to communicate with you. And it could be through a a color, a smell, a song, a memory, another person, something you hear on the radio. But look for signs that they are still very much present. And that idea that you're not alone out there. And absolutely, that you're not alone. And there is a a possibility of, of really being held and supported 
not only spiritually but also physically. Like let let people help you, let people in. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, Joseph Campbell has a quote that I love too. He says, "We must be willing to let go of the life we have planned, so that we can embrace the life that is waiting for us." Yes, and I love that. I love I love these quotes. I found real real wisdom in in looking for quotes across every religion, across every type of of author and, and expert. You know what's lovely about that quote, and also you know Woody Allen is like, you know, if you want to make God laugh. Tell them your plans. Tell them your mm-hmm. plans for, right. for what your life is. And I think there's such freedom when we let go of the way life should be or should have been mm-hmm. and, and really develop that, that muscle of letting go. Like there are, there are ways of, of letting go where, as Joseph Campbell says, you know, when you let go of that life that you have planned, there's a very different life that shows up for you and that there are ways where you will be asked to be an example for someone. You will be asked to be an inspiration, maybe, for how to get through this loss. Because so many of us, we need to see what's, how to do things in other people. So as an example, there are ways to get through a divorce, you know, and some are very inspiring, and you're an example for other people of how to get through it. And then other people are really a warning of how not to get through it. And I think really with any change, the hardest ones and even the most positive ones, you really have a choice to be an example and an, an inspiration for people as to, well, what is possible even despite sort of some of the hardest losses. Mm-hmm. And maybe starting out with being an inspiration to yourself, recognizing and giving yourself on a pat on the back if you do drink a little more water or get out of bed when you don't want to or, you know, walk around the block or whatever and recognize that, that spirit in you that you're developing that change muscle. Yeah. You know, another beautiful quote is that the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step, mm-hmm. and you will make that one step every day. Well, it's time to close our show now here, um, and uh, thank you so much for being on our show today. It's been wonderful having you on. Thank you. you have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.
You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.